This Meeting on the Go podcast is brought to you by the San Francisco Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. Our speaker for this evening is Gracia Hewlett. We're 20 to 25 minutes sharing what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. Please join me in helping welcoming Gracia. Thank you. Yeah, can you do 555 actually? Yeah. Hush. I'm Grisha, compulsive overeater. Hi, Grisha. Sending around some pictures, which a lot of you have probably seen a thousand times. Um, So, welcome, David. Um, I'm glad you're here. And um, we always say that newcomers are the most important people in the room because um, we've come, we've learned what we've learned, and we like to um, carry the message that helps us stay in recovery. So, uh, what we talk about in OA, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now, and um, so I'll stick to that format and just say as a disclaimer that this is just my story. Lots of people have different stories, and everybody's got a different story in OA. Um, some people follow similar paths, some people don't, but um, so this is my story. Um, I am a century person, which means I was morbidly obese, more than 100 pounds overweight. Um, my top weight was 320 pounds. Um, I was at, uh, I was squeezing into a size 48 and um, feeling pretty miserable. Um, I was the kind of person that just ate all day. Uh, I liked to get up in the morning and have a big breakfast, and then get to work and have a second breakfast down in the you know down in the cafe downstairs, have a snack between breakfast two and lunch, <laughs> and then have a big lunch. And then I have a snack between lunch and when I got off work. And then when I got off work, I'd have something to eat. And then I had dinner. And then sometimes I just want to run out to the store and grab a little something extra. So I just like to eat. I love to eat. Um, I learned to eat. I came from a big family uh, of big people. And uh, I was the sixth child. My parents um, shopped for six kids. And then... One by one, they all got married and moved out, and I was the last one home, and I just continued to eat for six kids. So, um, so that was that's what it was like. And I, um, I had a lot of shame about my body size. I didn't, I didn't date. Um, I was, uh, I had trouble finding clothes. Uh, you know, in those days, there, you know, when you were a kid, you went to the Husky department at Sears or. You know, there weren't a lot of, like, big and tall shops like there are now. So it's kind of hard to find clothes. And I remember having to, you know, especially at back-to-school time, having to kind of scrounge around town to find something to squeeze into for the first day of school. And then being the fat kid in school and um, building upon the shame that I already had. And um, and it kind of just went on and on. At some point uh, in my early teens, I picked up drugs and alcohol, which is part of my story. Um, and you know did a lot of drinking did a lot of drugs Um, my favorite thing to do was just to binge on everything you know just get really bombed and eat a lot and just putting stuff in shoveling stuff in and um, I had a brother who I have a brother who is nine years older than me but we are the closest in my family sort of emotionally and um, we, we live together uh, for a part of my childhood, you know, he was in the house with me, and then I, we we were roommates when I graduated from high school. We um, we lived on Capitol Hill in Washington D.C. together, um, 
and we would compete. He and I were about the same size physically, and so we we would go to we join Nutrisystems and we kind of race each other to the to the lower waist size, and then um, but then we'd kind of watch out for watch each other, and the first person that got what we called the fuckets, it was like we just you know take that first compulsive bite and go right back to the old way, and um, see who would go first. Uh, and we seem to always go back. And I, so I tried Nutrisystems, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, Atkins, the grapefruit diet, the soup diet, the starvation diet. You know, when I got my driver's license, I went to a dentist that I heard about that would wire your jaws shut. And um, I thought about doing that, but you had to have parental consent because I was under 18. So just trying to think of anything out there that would help me, you know, not be obese anymore. And um, I'd go through periods of success with diets or exercise, um, you know, put on a vinyl running suit and rake the leaves in the yard when it was 80 degrees and try to, you know, lose 15 pounds over the weekend. (laughs) Um, So just kind of crazy stuff with food. I remember um, when my brother got married, I was best friends with his fiance and I was her maid of honor in the wedding. And so when they got engaged, I knew I had a year to kind of get ready for the wedding and lose some weight and be up there on the, near the altar with her. Thank you. And um, my, you know, I kept putting it off and putting it off tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And the next thing you know, it was like 15 days out from the wedding, and I just stopped eating. And that was my that was my only sort of dabbling with anorexia. It, I don't. It was basically just a starvation diet. So I just stopped eating. I drank V8 only. And um, I probably lost, you know, 10 or 15 pounds in that week and a half or something. And, um, you know, felt a little better in my tux. But then the minute the wedding was over and the reception started, I made up for all those days, you know. I just kind of gorged on everything. Um, I had to, I was responsible, they were on their honeymoon. They left the reception for their honeymoon. And I was responsible for bringing the wedding cake the top tier back to put in the freezer for their, you know, the tradition is you freeze it and you have it for your wedding anniversary. I managed to get the top tier in, but I also had another tier that um, that I kept that kept me company that night, and I finished it off. So that's what it was like for me, just really out of control eating. I tried a lot of things that didn't work. I felt a lot of shame. I didn't. I was starting to not fit in airplane seats and bus seats and you know feeling squishy behind the wheel of the car and just you know sweating all the time and just feeling miserable um so what happened was um i got sober and an alcoholics anonymous and i was sober for eight years and still eating compulsively and i met someone in aa who who had been in oa and um and he invited me to an oa meeting so uh, I reluctantly agreed. I don't know if I was reluctant, but I agreed to go to the meeting because um, I like twelve-step meetings. I've been in reco- I'd been in recovery for eight years, and um, you know had a lot of success working the steps, and you know having a lot of improvement in my life. And so I thought, well, I'll try it. I had actually been to OA once when I was about seventeen or eighteen um, in Virginia. I went to a meeting and it freaked me out. They were talking about God and holding hands and talking about food plans and I kind of just ran for the hills. I wasn't I wasn't willing, I wasn't ready. So I had that in the back of my mind and I thought, oh, it's not going to work for me, but I'll check out this meeting. And it was the lifeboat meeting. It was this meeting. 
in a different location. Um, that, that, in those years, when I first came in, the lifeboat meeting was really big. It was like 50 to 75 people, and um, it was over at Bethany. And uh, Anyway, it was really cool. I was blown away by the fellowship, you know, just instantly. I walked in, and people were telling stories um, like the story I now have, where they suffered most of their life with compulsive eating and um, morbid obesity and just, you know, general shame and sadness and negativity around food. And they were living healthy lives with healthy relationships with food and healthy-sized bodies. And and so just seeing that kind of, you know, kind of a little bit of the light went on in my head, a little bit of a willing, I mean, a little bit of a hope light. You know, I thought, well, if they can do it, maybe I can. But I... I wasn't sure. I, I mean, I certainly didn't feel certain that I could do it. Um, I still had that. I still had all the failures in the back of my mind from the years gone by. And um, so I went to that meeting, met with my friend who took me to the meeting afterwards or, you know, subsequent days. And I was like, how the hell do you do this? I mean, I've been working the 12 steps for eight years. How do you apply it to food? It doesn't make sense. You know, like with alcohol and drugs, you just stop doing them. And you know, one day at a time. You don't have to, you know you don't have to pick it up. You don't have to deal with it. With food, they have this analogy with the tiger. You know, like alcohol and drugs is like the, you put the tiger in the cage. You never have to let the tiger out. With it, with food, you've got to take the tiger out three times a day and walk it around and then get it back in that cage. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I get that. And then, but then he kind of you know that was later corrected by saying, well, people in Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, they don't. Drink, they don't drink alcohol, but they still drink beverages. You know, they have to have water. They have to have liquids. So, um, you know, it's still a tiger kind of thing. Food is maybe a little more trickier, <laughs> for me anyway. Um, but anyway, he told me how to work the steps around food, and he, and, he, and he had a food plan that I wasn't willing to work. I mean, he had, in the old days, they called it the gray sheet, which was an, uh, you know, a food plan that you follow with weighed and measured amounts and um, no sugar and no flour and all this stuff and, and and at that time I was like there's no way I can't do that and um, he he encouraged me to work you know to find some sort of a food plan and so I picked um, based on other people's experience um, I picked three meals a day with nothing in between and no sugar I didn't think it would be a big deal to give up sugar because I didn't think I ate that much sugar I mean I knew I ate a lot of sugar but I didn't think it was like my main thing um, but then I gave up sugar, and I realized, wow, I ate a lot of sugar. <laughs> I didn't realize. I had started reading labels. I just didn't know. It's in everything. You know, corn syrup, high, high fructose corn syrup, corn starch, modified food starch. It's like all these secret names of sugar that are in everything out there in the world. And um, But anyway, so one day at a time, I stopped. I started eating three meals a day. They had to be a certain amount, you know, and I couldn't get seconds, and I couldn't do all these different crazy things with food. Um, and no sugar. And um, made it a few days, and I went to work, and someone had left this big honking piece of German chocolate cake in my cube and with a fork jabbed in it, and there was nobody looking. And, you know, in my mind, I've only been abstinent three days. I can't do this. This is too hard. Um, but, like, something shifted. I called. I picked up the phone. And I called the only person I knew in OA, and I said, there's a piece of cake in my cube. What do I do? <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, 
Put me on hold. Take the cake in the kitchen. Throw it in the trash. Squirt some dish soap on it so you don't eat it out of the trash later. <laughs> and come back. And I did it. I felt like a fool, but I put him on hold. I walked it in the kitchen. I threw it in the trash. I squirted palm olive on it. I came back. I picked up the phone. He's like, you're abstinent. Have a nice day. <laughs> and so I made it through that. And I thought, this is, you know, this could work if I'm willing. You know, and like in that moment, I don't know where that willingness came from. And, you know, I don't have a, you know, the, my higher power thing is a little sketchy. It always has been a little cloudy, but um, I always feel like it, it was OA. It was the fellowship. It was the power in these rooms that helped me um, make that phone call and just make a different decision, you know, not to just say fuck it and eat, eat that food, to just really make it, to turn my life over, make a different decision. Um, I was on that food plan for for almost a full year, and I think I lost about 25 pounds that first year, which was, for me was painfully slow. You know, in the days of Atkins, I could drop 20 or 25 pounds in a week. Um, so to just slowly lose that weight was kind of hard. But I just stayed with my food plan no matter what. I ate three meals a day, and there was no sugar in those meals. And during that period of time, I went to a lot of OA meetings um, I worked the steps. I worked. Um, I used the workbook with a spot with a sponsor. Um, I would go to the writing meeting every Saturday, and I would write in my journal and write in my workbook. And I'd meet with my sponsor afterwards and check in. Um, I started taking service commitments at meetings. You know, being a secretary or setting up chairs or whatever. And um, and life started to get better and better and better. And I started to get more and more honest about my food. And at some point, I. I just realized, like, it's not just sugar that's a problem for me. And, um, and I, I decided after hearing people talk and, um, and based on my own experience that I needed to stop eating flour. And that was just for me. And um, because I can tell you honestly and truth and, you know, with vigor, <laughs> I don't want one piece of bread. I don't want one pancake I don't want one of any of that stuff I want a lot of it I know I do I don't have any doubt there's no you know I do not want the corner of a baguette I want the whole basket of baguettes at the farmer's market and just you know and some chocolate milk maybe (laughs) so um, anyway so I knew it but I really had no faith whatever that I could actually stop eating those substances and you know when I think about the way I eat today, it it's shocking. There's just I can't even believe it. It's, it, it. It is the biggest miracle in my life, and you can call it a higher power thing or not, but um, it's it's definitely a result of being an OA because I tried it before and it didn't work. So it's definitely a result of being an OA, and you can call it whatever happens in OA. You know, miracles happen in these rooms, and so um, I had another one of those like, kind of little funny experiences where I went to the writing meeting I wrote in my workbook or my journal that you know this is the day I'm going to try giving up flour Um, I don't think I can do it and if I don't do it I'm still abstinent this is not my new abstinent you hear me God this is not my new abstinence it's just you know I'm going to try this and um and I talked to my sponsor about it and she was very you know supportive so I went to to um I went to thank you I went to um, breakfast that morning after the meeting with some friends in the Castro. I went to Welcome Home's old diner. And for the first time, I ordered breakfast, and I said, uh, so I can't have toast, I can't have potatoes, so 
you know, could I have some, maybe some fruit or something? And he said, we don't have fruit. Um, I was like, oh, all right, I'll have the toast and the potatoes. It was that easy. I was just like, forget it. I can't do it. See? <laughs> and um, the waiter walked away, and he came back a couple seconds later, and he said, we have cottage cheese. Would that work? And I was like, I think, yeah, that'll work. It was, you know, didn't have sugar. It didn't have flour. So that was like a little, one of those moments. And so I had that meal with no sugar, no flour, no starch vegetable. And, um, and that was the beginning. And then one meal at a time, really one meal at a time. I couldn't think about a day at a time. I couldn't think about, I just had to, I'd sit down at my meal and I'd be like, this is what I'm eating. And it doesn't have flour and it doesn't have sugar and it doesn't have a starchy vegetable. And I did that just one day at a time. And, um, I lost a hundred more pounds. Um, I kept working the steps and going to meetings. I had to buy new clothes. I had to adjust to being in a normal-sized body, which was really freaky for someone who had, had not been a norm, in a normal-sized body since, you know, being pre-teens. Um, I had to, you know, I went back and saw my family for the first time in my new body, and they were like, whoa! You know, my first thing my mother said was, you're too thin, eat a donut! <laughs> and, um, you know, it was just, it was freaky and bizarre. And I had to really... I think I had to work my pro- my program even harder in my normal sized body because, you know, in the old days, as soon as you get to a certain goal weight, then you can go back, right? Go back to the way the old way. But I knew I, I knew I couldn't do that. I knew that if I picked up that first piece of whatever, that it would send me off, binging out of control, and who knows where to, where I would end up, you know. So, um, so then. Uh, I just continued to work the program. It, you know, I've been abstinent now for 12 years. I'm coming up on 13 years. Um, I have. Uh, I had a sponsor who said to me, "If you keep working, if you keep, if you stay abstinent, stay sober, you keep working the steps, sobriety is going to creep into your life in every area. You know, you're going to start to show up at work in a, a sober way, and you're going to spend money in a sober way, and you're going to have sober relationships and." You know, oh, and she just painted this lovely picture of life, and um, and you know, I was a little doubtful, but and this was uh, this was probably about six, five or six years ago, and I have to say, a lot of those promises came tr- have come true. Life is not perfect, but a lot of changes, a lot of positive changes have happened. Um, you know, just. I made amends with my mother. I had a really sketchy relationship with her, and I made amends with her. I went home back to D.C. for a summer and lived with her and um, helped her with getting her life together. She was very, uh, very ill. Um, I hated, I hated my job. I started working when I was 15 at an Italian restaurant in the kitchen, and I hated that job. And I hated every fucking job I had until the day that I decided. I don't want to have a job I hate anymore. <laughs> and uh, I was working with my sponsor on a daily 10-step, and I actually started to take action. I went, I took a class about career change. Um, I started really getting honest about what I wanted to do. I went back to school full-time. Um, scary to be a student again. Um, as an adult, you know, everybody in my classes were like 18 years old. Everybody thought I was the teacher on the first day, you know. <laughs> um, Studying, I have learning disabilities that I that were diagnosed when I started college. I got tested, and I have learning disabilities, and I had to 
you know, it took me extra time to read the assignments. It took me extra time to do the assignments. It took me extra time to finish the test. I was always the last person in the room. Um, but the program gave me the tools to just keep working through these things, you know, and like just keep making progress. It's not about perfection. It's about like just doing, taking the next step, taking the next step, taking the next step. There's this, the analogy of just chop wood, carry water, chop wood, carry water, chop wood, carry water, and things are going to get better. And they did. And, um, you know, I started running. Um, I don't, I, you couldn't have told me ever, ever that I would run two blocks without just falling over and dying. And I started running because it felt interesting <laughs> in my new body. And um, one step at a time, one you know quarter mile at a time, I ended up running four marathons. And, um, and that was just a miracle. Um, I never dated until I was in OA because I was too ashamed of my body size. And I started dating in OA and started dealing with that whole drama, like how to be rejected, how to do the rejecting, how to, you know, have physical relationships again. Um, Just scary shit. And I would just work the steps and work with my sponsor through it. And and I'm now in a committed relationship that I've been into and been in for three years, and it's it's pretty amazing. Um, I'm student teaching. I'm in the final stage of my teaching, getting my teaching credentials, so I have a job that I actually don't hate, that I actually love. Um, so like you know these promises are coming true there's a lot of stuff coming true financially um, it's a little scary I got laid off two years ago I've been unemployed for a long time and been a student and kind of scrimping along but something always works out you know I just take the next step this this summer I was broke I signed up for all these temp agencies I wasn't getting any calls and then all of a sudden I was just sitting in the park talking to a boss a former boss and he said, oh, come work for me. You know, I need some help. And it turned into a six-week job, you know, making pretty good money. And I just stashed a bunch away, and school started again. So it's like something all, something works out if I do the footwork. I couldn't just sit around on my ass and do nothing. I had to, like, take the next right step. And so um, today I just – I'm really grateful for a really healthy life, um, a happy life. There, I still have challenges right now. I'm so stressed out. I mean, school is. I'm in the. Fi- I'm doing my final project for school, and I'm so stressed out. And I keep wanting to quit, and I keep just feeling a lot of fear. But I just, I keep doing the next thing. Like today, I got up. I called a friend from school. We went to the computer lab at school, and we stayed there for like six hours. And I had a goal set for myself what I wanted to accomplish today and I didn't accomplish it oh well progress not perfection I made it to the lab I I did the next right step so um, so I should just close up and just say you know I hope that what I said helped someone Um, if you're new please keep coming back check out some other meetings Um, you know there's this saying that OA is the last house on the block I certainly feel that way like I tried everything all these different diet programs all these sort of like you know willpower um, contests with my family contests with friends over exercise none of that stuff worked I got to OA and it's been working and it's been working for 12 years and um, and I hope that I just keep coming back I've seen people leave the rooms and um, sometimes people have been fine. I mean, I've seen people maintain their abstinence or at least, you know, physically they look the same. I've also seen people really go 
off the deep end and gain all their weight back and some um, and you know just uh, hard stuff so please keep coming back and thank you for keeping me coming back and thank you for my absence